Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I'm, I'm so, so excited today. And uh, this sermon, this message today is going to be a little bit different, a little atypical for what we normally do. But uh, this, the service this morning is the target. And I want to talk about what is the target. And uh, our performance, our moral character does not save us. It's only by God's grace and receiving His grace that we are saved. And it's um, when we say that we're saved, when we say that we're Christians, we should have a life that demonstrates it, right? And I want to read in James. I love James. Uh, he says in 2.26, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So we don't earn our way into heaven, but once we become a Christian, there should be some evidence that God is doing something in our hearts and lives. And Galatians 5 clearly talks about the works of the flesh or our carnal nature and contrasts that with the, the fruit of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in our lives. And so we can either be living a carnal fleshly life or we can be being transformed in, into this, this uh, life that Christ has called us to, this transforming, life-giving uh, life that we can live through the power of the Holy Spirit, exercising and living and demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we see some clear um, indicators of what kind of life that we're living. And I know that probably for all of us, we kind of vacillate. You know, there are times when we get emotional or we get upset, and there are times when we're walking strongly in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever we accept Christ, we're saved. We're saved. But Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, says that our souls are being saved. He, he says, uh, the, the writer says that we're not those who turn away to destruction or perdition, I think it is in the, in the King James. We're not those who turn away to destructions, but whose souls are being saved. Have you ever wondered why you or other Christians do things and you're like, wow, that wasn't very Christian-like? Gossip, lying, stealing, cheating, disobeying. What the Lord says, listen, we have all done that because God is doing a work in our soul, our soulless realm, our mind, our will, our intellect, our passions, our emotions, our emotions, our emotions, our emotions. And so our soul is being saved. I love Romans 12 too. You know this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so as we come into alignment with God's purposes and plan for our life, then he begins this transformation process, or should I say continues this transformation process that happens when we come to the Lord and he's working our hearts and lives. And so we've been talking, and, and we talk a lot about this, I guess, about growing spiritually, becoming spiritually mature. Our spiritual maturity is a result of this relationship that we talk so often about with Jesus. Because as we come into alignment and we come into this relationship, God begins to change our heart and we begin to grow. Two weeks ago, I taught on benchmarks for spiritual maturity that are demonstrated by sacrifice and humility. 
I talked about sacrifice and humility. Our sacrifice and humility can be an indication of God's character in our life. And I actually changed the slide yesterday because I said, it, it did say our sacrifice and humility uh, is an indication of godly character in our life. And I changed that because there are people that can get very religious and can be sacrificial and have a heart far from God. Amen. Jesus had problems with the Pharisees. They were very religious. They had thousands of scriptures memorized. They had all these laws and rules. They were very religious. They were very sacrificial. But their heart was far from God. God is not looking for us to live a religious, dogmatic, legalistic life. He's looking for us to have a heart towards him. And growth requires sacrifice. We don't like that, but it does. It just does. Growth is going to require sacrifice, whether you're talking about learning some new material or, or going to school and taking some classes, it's going to require something. And, and why would we think that this Christian life, walking and growing in this relationship and, and yielding to him is not going to require something of us? Because there are probably churches out there that say, oh, no, you don't have to go through anything. But that's not what the Word says. The Word is clear. Count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations for the testing of your faith. builds your patience and your perseverance. And when your patience or your perseverance is complete, then you are complete lacking nothing. Do you want to be complete lacking nothing? Do you really? <laughs> all right. Okay, so growth requires sacrifice. And last week I taught on uh, spiritual growth through, from the context of obedience. Our obedience to the Lord can be an indication of God's character in our life. So we've talked about sacrifice. We've talked about obedience. And today I'm going to talk about the target. And next week I have another, another message planned. But this morning I want to unpack what, and, and help us to understand what is the target. What does the target look like? This is not seven ways to a better life. This is not five ways to prosperity. This is about Jesus. This is about yielding to him and allowing him to do this process in our hearts and lives. The target is intimate, intimacy with Jesus that should be the target. That should be the goal. And the results of intimacy with Christ will result in accomplishing our goal or vision that he's given us. So today I want to talk a little bit more about that. I know every Sunday morning we recite our mission statement and our vision statement. But I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit more because we're talking about the target. What is the purpose of Life Fellowship Ministries International? It is that we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So that is our, that is our vision. That's where we're going. So you have a vision. You, know, you, you see mission statements and vision statements. What's the difference? The vision statement is where you're going. The mission statement is the vehicle to get there or where you are right now. So imagine that you're going to drive from here to San Antonio. The vision, the, the goal is that you get to San Antonio. The mission, the vehicle that, that you use to get you there is your vehicle. So when we talk about our, our vision to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. We're talking about being trained and equipped, released to train and equip and release others. That we become committed followers of Christ, living this thing out, not just living in a silo for us and our own little family, 
but that we allow God to work through our lives and touch other people. That they can come into this relationship and they can grow and we can grow and they can grow and we can grow. That's the purpose of this thing, is that we come into this personal relationship with Jesus, and then he takes us further to the goal. So our mission is where we are now. Our mission, come on, you know, to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. To develop, to bring those into the kingdom of God that don't know him. Are there lost people in the church? I hope so. We have people come through these doors. I hope not everybody's saved. I hope there are people that are looking for this relationship, that we can bring them into this relationship and say, let us introduce you to Jesus. Let us love on you. So to, to develop, bring those into the kingdom of God that don't know him and provide a fertile, healthy environment of growth for those that already know him. And so that's developed. Maintain is through knowledge of the word and application of the word. Do you know people that can quote you scripture forwards and backwards, but you look at their lifestyle and they're not living it? They may know it. So it's not just about knowing the word, but it's also about applying the word in our life and living this thing out. It's also about developing a prayer life. It's about spending time with him. Because what's it really about? Is it about all those things? No, it's about this relationship that we can have with him model. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the end of, of the age. So Jesus has given us a commission not to just get saved, but to do something. Many people know Jesus, or know about Jesus. Let me say it that way. Many people know about Jesus. The demons knew who Jesus was. But how many people really have a relationship with him and know him? To have a relationship with him is the key to our life. And this is a familiar scripture for many of you. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. This is Moses. He's talking to the children of Israel, and he's telling them time and time and time and time and time and time again, please stay connected to the Lord because when you begin to go into the promised land and interact with these other tribes, they're worshiping pagan gods, they're worshiping idols, and if you intermarry with those other tribes, they're going to, to eventually pull you away from this relationship with the Lord. So please stay connected. And he says, today I've, I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. We choose to follow the Lord or not. He's not going to make us follow him. It's our choice. And it's a matter of life and death. It could be physical life and death. It could be spiritual. It's a, it's a matter of blessings and curses. Do you want to live the abundant life that Christ came to give? John 10, 10, come on, you know it. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have what? Abundant life. And so living anything less than the abundant life is not what Christ came to give us. That's not what he died for. And I'm not talking about Rolex watches and Mercedes Benz. I'm talking about living the life that Jesus came to give us. Nothing less. 
but the fullness. Moses goes on to say, Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Not only live physically, but live spiritually. Live in this realm where God is part of their life. An integral part of their life. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Choose life. Don't choose religion. Don't, don't choose tradition. Don't choose the, the current culture over Jesus. Choose him. You know, religion is, I, I don't like religion because it binds people up. From what I've seen, it binds people up with all these rules and regulations. And then tradition can destroy people's lives. Not too terribly long ago, a, a person got offended. And uh, they came to me and they said they're leaving the church. And I said, what happened? They said, well, the praise and worship team were wearing ball caps. I said, okay. I said, well, I'll ask them to take them off because the word says if you're offending, if you're doing something to offend someone, then stop it. And I tell the praise and worship team, okay, I, I gave you permission to wear ball caps, but please don't wear them anymore because, you know, it could offend somebody. They were taking them off during prayer, which was acceptable. But this, I was having a conversation at church one day, and this person had on shorts, and I said, you know, uh, that would be offensive to some people to say, you're wearing shorts at church. And uh, the response was, well, my shirt is tucked in. I, I don't know if that was a slam on me because I had my shirt tail out. <laughs> I didn't care, really, honestly. Uh, but, but I said, well, here's the thing, you know, he, because he was saying that the word says that men shouldn't cover their heads. And, it, and I said, well, it also says that women are to cover their heads. And so I, I had already talked to him about there, cult, there were cultural differences 2,000 years ago from some of the things. And I said, uh, I, I just don't see that, that God is that concerned about whether somebody has a ball cap on or, or head covering. I mean, your wife is not wearing a head covering. So are you going to say that men can't cover their heads but women don't have to cover their heads? I mean, what take are you going to take on this? And I said, furthermore, the Bible says that women shouldn't braid their hairs, their hair. Uh, they shouldn't wear jewelry. They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't do these things. But yet we don't conform to those things. And uh, I was just, frankly, a little irritated because that's not what Jesus came to die for. <sighs> are we going to get all bent out of shape because somebody has a ball cap on, somebody has a tattoo, somebody has shorts on, somebody has their shirt tail out, somebody has it in, somebody has a coat and tie, somebody doesn't have a coat and tie? Can we grow up a little bit? <laughs> Can we get the heart of Jesus a little bit? I mean, I, I, I don't think we should be disrespectful in what we wear to church. I don't. But it's not about what we wear. It's about our heart. And what breaks my heart is to see somebody caught up in religion and tradition. Tradition can be good. But if we esteem that higher than this relationship and the heart with God, something is wrong with that. Choose Jesus. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. The key to your life is love God, 
Obey God. Commit firmly to Him. Are we doing that? I hope we are. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Love God. Obey God. Commit to Him. That's the key to your life. We went to a network meeting. Many of you know that we're associated or we're connected with Gateway Church in, in South Lake, and they have a network, and we're one of about 50 or 60 churches that was chosen to be a part of their network out of probably hundreds. And what that does is there are, they have all kinds of resources there. They have training. Their intent is to help churches and pour into them and provide resources. And we went to a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and there, the meeting was focusing on discipleship, which got me really excited because that's, that's our heart, is that we make disciples, that we don't just come to church and get saved and sing a couple of songs, but we become committed followers of Christ, and then that we go and make other disciples. And you know that this, this uh, spiritual growth is a process when you get saved, it's like a light switch. You, you come to the Lord, you repent of your sins, you accept Christ, it's like a light switch. You're on. You're saved. But the rest of this is a process that God is doing in our hearts and lives to bring this transformation to us, to bring us into alignment with His heart, His plans, His desires. And so when I found out they were going to be talking about discipleship, I was real excited about that. Because we're already in that, that mode. We already are in that vibe. We're already there. And I don't know about some of the other churches. I don't know that much about them. And I don't know if they're intent on making disciples or not. But I know we are. And so I was really excited. So they shared some data. They, I think they spent millions of dollars over a process of time collecting this data. And, uh, and they, they talked about... Uh, what, are church, what is effective in ministry today? How, what are people looking for in churches? And let me share some of that with you. Uh, you want to put that slide up? Um, they, they, they took, um, I think they, they talked to like 10,000, I don't know if it was churches or 10,000 churches, okay? And, and they looked at small churches. They looked at large churches. They looked at churches in this denomination and that denomination and uh, non-denominational. They looked at people in America. They looked at people all across the globe. globe. And they broke it down into four different uh, continuums, if you will. So group one is, I believe in God, but I'm not sure about Jesus. My faith is not a significant part of my life. Okay, so that's group one. Group two is, I believe in Jesus and am uh, working on what it means to get to know him. Group three, I feel really close to Jesus and depend on him daily for guidance. I think probably most Christians are in the two and three range. Because when I begin to think about this for my own life and, and the lives of others that I see, I think most people believe in Jesus uh, group two, and are working on what it means to know him. I think we all are, right? Because as we grow in this relationship, our heart is to get to know him more. And then level uh, group three is I, I feel close to the Lord and depend on him daily for guidance. I think my, a lot of us are in that place. And when I look at group four, my relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship in my life. It guides everything I do. And I thought about that, and I thought, I don't know if I know any group four people. Honestly. I know some really, really gifted, anointed, powerful men and women of God. 
But I don't know that they could say that it guides everything that they do. They're still human beings. So when I look at this, this continuum, I'm thinking that there's probably, you know, we're probably somewhere in between some of these maybe. Maybe we're a 2.5 or a 3.2. And maybe, maybe the, the goal is to get to a, a 3.9725168. I don't know. But the point is, is that we are on this continuum of growth. And I love it when I see people come in and they get saved and, and they're like, man, I want to know more about Jesus. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know about this Jesus thing yet, but I know that God is doing something in my heart and life. And then they, they looked at the top five catalysts for spiritual growth, the things that we can do to grow in this relationship uh, and have an intimate relationship with Jesus, moving from immaturity to spiritual maturity. And, and the number one thing that they found in interviewing all these thousands of people were that the number one thing was reading and reflecting on the Bible to help people grow. I, I mean, when I saw these things, I, I almost jumped out of my chair. I was so excited because these are the things that we're doing. We're teaching you the Word. We're starting with our children back there, teaching them the Word. Our youth, our young adults. Adults, everybody, the, we say that at Life Fellowship, we're Bible-based, Christ-centered, worship-driven. So everything is focused on Christ, but we teach the Bible, and we will continue to teach the Bible. Uh, the second thing was teaching new believers the Bible and biblical truths. And so, again, as, as we uh, have these classes on Wednesday, and we have some other classes that we need to teach probably, uh, Pastor Christine wrote uh, Starting Life 101, which takes people from Genesis to Revelation. And all through those 66 books over a 16-week period or whatever. And it starts with G-E-N period 1, colon 1. Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. But it's good stuff. And so we're doing things. We have some things that we can help people grow. Because we want to see everyone grow in this personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. So we're pouring into people. And one of the best ways we do that is building relationships where we can share with one another. The number three thing was having a personal uh, uh, relationship with Jesus was uh, have, living a Christ-centered life. Prayer. Reading and meditating on the Bible. And so we provide those opportunities for you on Wednesday night uh, Bible study, on Thursday morning prayer, uh, on Sunday morning. We're having prayer in here from 9.30 to 9.45. You can come in here, huh? Saturday night. So, oh, yeah, Saturday night from 7 to 8. Yeah. So we're providing things that, that are available to you. You just have to show up. Uh, number four was serving at church. This is one of the most impacting things that I've seen in my own life and the lives of others is when we begin to serve, we begin to grow. And uh, uh, it changes our hearts. It changes our lives. And it helps us to grow up. Teaching in KK, Kingdom Kids, First Impressions Team, Special Ops Team, uh, Tech Arts Team, Spice of Life Team. You know, what, what are, wherever that is, it helps us to grow and build relationships with people because we're in there working together. And the number, number five was community with other believers, taking Christ from the church building to the community. And again, I want to talk about the spice of life. They were cooking last night and this morning, I guess. And, and uh, they're, uh, they cooked a, a bunch of food for Project Hope and Saving Grace. 
those ministries. That's an example of taking this thing out of this building and going and doing something that's impacting lives. When we go to India and, and we get to minister to 500 Indian pastors, what if each one of those pastors has one person in their church? Okay, now we've just impacted or influenced 1,000 people. What if they have two people in their church? Now 1,500 people. What if they have four people? What if they have 50 people? And so when, when we yield to the Lord and he begins to work in our hearts and lives, he begins to open doors and we have a choice to walk through those doors. But it's not just about us getting saved and set free, delivered, healed, and all those kinds of things. But God wants to use our lives. He wants to speak through our mouth. He wants our hands to be his hands and feet to make a difference in the world. And so we have, many of you know, we have the sunrise service at the chemo boardwalk. That's a huge expense for us. You know, we, as a church, we probably spent about $4,000. And then we take up a collection and we give all of it away. Last year, or uh, this year, we gave over $4,000 to Project Hope. And so those are the kinds of things that we're talking about here where we come and we give to the Lord and he takes what we give and expands it and impacts lives that we don't even know how many lives are being impacted. And the other thing they talked about is what people are looking for at a church. Why, what are people looking for? They're looking for a church that helps people understand the Bible. I'm like, man, we, it just seemed like we were on target with, with all of these things. We're helping people understand the Bible and growing and understanding. Life Fellowship, again, is Bible-based, Christ-centered, worship-driven. The, the second thing was a church that helps people develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Bam. What's our target? To develop, maintain a model of personal intimacy intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. The third thing, a church where leaders model and reinforce spiritual maturity. Leaders that live it. If, if, you're, if you're leading and you're not representing the heart, the culture, the DNA that God has given us, if, if you're not leading in a servant leader capacity, then you're probably going to be removed. Because it's not about title. It's not about position. It's not about ego. It's about yielding to the Lord and letting him work through our lives. And so that's, that's the other thing, that people want to see churches that have leaders that live it. Uh, the fourth thing is a church that challenges people to grow and mature. And so every Sunday, what do we close with? You can make a difference in the world. Go out and live it. So every Sunday, whether it be Sunday or whether I be teaching to pastors in India or teaching at another church, there's three things that I want to do. I want to encourage. I want to encourage people. I want them to be inspired to look at the Word and, and follow after God. I want to train and equip and teach people. And then the third thing I want to do is I want to challenge. I want to challenge us. Every Sunday when you, when you leave here, I want you to be challenged to not perform but to yield and then allow God to work through your hearts and lives and touch and change the world around you. And then the fifth thing was a church that provides compelling worship services. And I think we do that. We have great worship. We're teaching you the word every day, every, every time you come here. 
And the great news is the word says it will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. And so if, if, if people say, well, I'm not getting fed here, I'm like, well, you're not listening because it's not because I have to be a good preacher. It's the word of God that will pierce our hearts and minds. And so the word of God is, is what's important. And so, uh, you know, I had somebody tell me, well, I, I want to hear more, uh, uh, more from you about the scriptures. And I'm like, well, I'm not really interested in sharing my opinion. What I want to share is the word of God because that's what's going to change somebody's life, not my opinion or not what I think or not what I want to do. What's going to change somebody's heart and life is connecting with God on an intimate level and allowing his word to wash over us. So we provide a banquet table. And I think we're hitting the mark on all these. And we're looking at things on how we can be more effective in our training and equipping classes and things like that. Uh, so we're about solid biblical teaching. Again, starting with our children all the way through every age group. Our primary focus is building intimate relationship with Christ. Our desire is to have servant leaders that, that are serving you, that are not doing tasks, but are serving and then every week, we want, we want to see all of us go out and make a difference in the world around us. So, you know, here's the thing. If we're providing these things, you and I have some responsibility in that because are we coming with an expectation to receive? Are we, are we really coming with an open heart? Are we praying, God, I'm going to church this morning, and I'm believing that you're going to speak to me today? and that you're going to touch my heart. I remember going to a Hillsong concert a long time ago, and uh, I went with our praise and worship team, and I was so excited to go. And it was, it was an awesome concert. Uh, you, know, you know what I mean, praise and worship concert thing. And so uh, we got back to church back home, and I uh, asked a couple of uh, people, what'd you think? Ah, uh, oh, it's all right. Are you kidding me? It was awesome. <laughs> But I think the difference was I went with an expectation to receive. And, and so sometimes we have to come with that same heart and expectation, whether it be on, on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Thursday morning or whether it be uh, in our quiet time with the Lord. Are we expecting the Lord to speak to us and pour into us? The next slide I want to show is called the Reveal Slide, and it, it's the role of the church to lead people to Christ, train and equip, and help the family of God uh, show disciples how to uh, be, spiritually feed themselves. Are you feeding yourself? Are you taking time to read the Word? And I'm not talking about from a legalistic, dogmatic, ritualistic. Are you just taking time to spend with the Lord during the week? Because we all have a responsibility to feed ourselves. Let's go to the next slide. At Life Fellowship, our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy. And so there, this slide is talking about making disciples. And, uh, of course, our vision is that we become disciples and make disciples. But the target is that we grow in this relationship. And so uh, we help people find the Lord and then move them in his direction, not their own direction, and that re relates to us too, moving in his direction. And then we're Bible-based, so everything is centered on the Bible, based on the Bible. And then we're training and equipping uh, those to grow. We're creating opportunities for people to step into these areas and use their giftings, use the callings that God has called them to. We're making a difference in our communities. 
And we're seeing disciples motivated to go and make more disciples. The interesting thing was, we've been going to Gateway Conference for a number of years, and they have shifted their focus. They, they came, a couple of years ago, they came to this place where they realized that they were having 35, 40,000 people show up every Sunday or every weekend at their campuses, but they weren't doing a good job at making disciples, and, and they weren't doing a good job of people really connecting and coming into this intimacy with, with God. And so recently, they've changed their focus. And guess what it is, guys? It's about intimacy with God. And I was so excited. Not, not because that's been our heart all along, and now a bigger church has copied us and followed us. But because, you know, that is the heart of God. That is his heart. And so their focus is to, you can throw that slide up if you would, please, is uh, hear, believe, obey. Hear, believe, obey. So as we, as we hear God, we believe God, we o- obey God. And uh, there, show the next slide, please. They talk about community and equipping, serving, and worship as keys to intimacy with God. So here at Life Fellowship, we, you know that we're very relational. People will say, well, what? tell me a little bit about Life Fellowship. And I'll say, well, we're very relational, very authentic, real. I mean, we're just real people with real issues and problems. <laughs> but we love God and we're yielding to him. And so uh, relationship building is really important. And then equipping for Sunday mornings, Thursday morning prayer time, uh, Wednesday night, uh, Saturday morning. Uh, you know, these are opportunities where we have to, to come together and spend time in the Lord and worship and build those relationships and then serving Sunday morning, Spice of Life, you know, helping uh, at services, pouring out to the community. We provide a lot of opportunity for all of us to grow and be trained and equipped and serve and then worship whenever we come together because our hearts are for Him. And so the things that we're doing is to honor him and, and worship him. Now, you know, we may have, we have some fun. We'll go to an Astros game, go bowling or, you know, something like that. That's not real spiritual. But we're building relationships. And that's the key is that we have these connections and that we have this connection with him and then one another. And then uh, our life fellowship mission slide. So instead of, uh, what was Gateways? <coughs> Here, here, believe, obey. Ours is uh, develop, maintain a model. Pretty similar. But again, what's the target? Intimacy with Jesus Christ. That is the target for all that we do. And so that starts with children and works its way through every area of ministry. Our greatest role model is Jesus. Let, let's look at uh, John chapter 8. And, and, and I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about Jesus intimate with a father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. So uh, I love this. Jesus says, I don't, even, I don't even say anything different than what the Father says. So before we speak, are we praying? Before we have an issue that we have to deal with, are we saying, Lord Jesus, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to handle this? 
And then the Jewish leaders were harassing Jesus in John 5. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So here again, Jesus not only says what the father is telling him to say, he's watching the father and he's doing what the father is doing. Do we have that kind of relationship with the Lord where we're saying what he's saying and we're doing what he's directing us to do? John 12, 50. And I know his command, his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father leads me to say. There is a connection to this relationship with him and the life that we live and how we demonstrate that. I know that this message today has been a little bit atypical, but I think it's really important that we understand what the target is and where we're going. Uh, we're not in this to play church. We're in here to, to make a difference. We're in this thing. We're all in, man. And I'm so glad for you guys because I believe that everyone here is all in. And that's what we're looking for that we get a good return on our investment. Man, we want to pour into people that are hungry and are on fire. We sing about it. We sing about it. We sing about all this stuff. But are we just going through the motions? Or when we sing about these things and we proclaim that God is our, our Jesus is our Lord and Savior, do we really mean it? I believe we do. And when we mean it, we're going to prove it. We're going to show it. So I want to thank you for being here this morning. It's, it's, again, I know this is a different message, but I think it's important to understand what the target is and really be reminded of where we're going. We're in this vehicle to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ that will then help us to fulfill the vision or the, the goal that God has called us to, to become and to make disciples that will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. What a great opportunity. Uh, first of all, yeah, you want to bring that up, Steve. Uh, many of you, I think most of you know that we're in a, a, a building fund campaign, and uh, you guys are so gracious, man. We're, we're at 162000 dollars in eight weeks or something like that that we've raised. So you guys have, thank you. You guys have done well. And uh, the purpose is, is that we have been praying for uh, getting into a building. And so when you pray, sometimes God answers prayer and, and we need to be prepared. I believe that God comes to a place that's prepared. Do we have a prayer team? If you have prayer needs, the prayer team will be up here. And uh, if not, I want to challenge you as always, make a difference in in the world around you, go out and live it. All right. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.